What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Hope you guys have enjoyed your week. Before I hop into some housekeeping and today's fantastic episode, I've got to let you know about a new sponsor and an app that I've been using for a really long time. Uh, you might have heard my episode with the founder, Robbie Bent, but this episode is brought to you by Othership. It's a new breathwork app that helps you take control of your day, naturally energizes you in the morning, kickstart productivity after lunch, and wind down at the end of the day with 500 plus music-driven guided breathworks. Classes range from one minute to over an hour so you can find the best uh, breathwork and meditation that works for you. Plus, here's the best part. You can try it for free for 14 days to learn the ancient practices that make meditation easier. And that all comes with breathwork and you get to support the podcast and your natural healing. So without further ado, go download the app. You can use the description in the link below or visit othership.us backslash app. That's othership.us backslash app. You guys really won't want to miss that deal because Othership is a fantastic, fantastic app. I use it for my cool downs. I use it for my warm ups. I use it for my calming uh, whenever I start to get really anxious. And so you guys will really enjoy that. Um, and I will also keep you posted on that May challenge uh, that they have coming up soon. So it'll be a lot of fun. Don't miss it. So with all that being said, make sure that you're following the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple, smash the subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube, please consider subscribing. And let's get into today's guest, who is Mariah. She is the host of the Salty Sex Cast podcast. And today we had some amazing conversations around healthy conversations about sex. We had conversations to bring awareness about the topic and how to you know, discuss that with your kids, which is a really big topic for a lot of us, uh, because most of us, if you're like me, didn't get that talk very well growing up or at all growing up. So we hope to break some of the stigmas around that and to give you guys a fun and educational conversation. So with all that being said, Mariah with the Salty Sex Cast podcast and enjoy your weekend and make sure that you share this with your friends. Thank you so much. All right, Mariah, we're rolling. Thank you so much for being here. I love your podcast. Um, I love I love that we have this opportunity to to talk, and so and so I'm grateful. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, we'll kind of ease into the conversation. I, I've listened to your podcast, and I've done you know a little bit of research coming into this interview, of course. And so I'd like to give you just an opportunity to tell us like. Um, about your podcast, Salty Sex Cast, and about uh, your story, kind of, and and what led you to do what you're doing right now, certified health education special, specialist, and more. Yeah, yeah, I love how you said we'll ease into the conversation. <laughs> you know, I'll lube you all up before we jump in, right? Um, so I, my story starts. You know, I guess we can start really young. Um, grew up Mormon, LDS, and didn't get a lot of positive messaging around sex and sexuality. It was a lot of like, no, no, that's not good. And so I, but I was very sexual and I was very curious and I was, I really enjoyed a lot of that. So, um, from there, I had a lot of conflicting information and really always craved more. And, um, when I went to college, I, you know, was in health promotion and education and, you know, where they talk about holistic wellness, like looking at that whole person, mind, body, wellness, you know, where it goes from, um, like financial wellness to physical wellness to like all these areas of wellness. And then no one talks about sex. And so I was like, where does this belong? So I kind of just felt, had this like really curiosity, you know, I was always thinking about it, took a couple of classes in college, um, got my master's in health education and um, became a certified health education specialist so I can teach health. And, um, you know, I know good resources, understanding how um, fear and inversion, you know, is a big thing when people are teaching about health. Um, but then I also became a board certified, a nationally board certified health and wellness coach. 
So that really triggered a lot of the sex exploration because I'm meeting with clients one-on-one and I center around body image and I meet you know, mostly with female clients and, you know, talking about body image and how much it's linked to intimacy and connection with another person. Um, and just seeing so many women who did not have a good relationship with their sexuality, which bled into their mm. physical, you know, view of themselves and that they have to be this perfect body figure in order to be intimate. And it really broke my heart. I also saw a lot of similarities and was like, I, I don't have that information for me either. And if I, as I was seeking out more information on sexuality and especially how it relates to body image, there was a lot of tacky, um, resources or just, I don't know, it felt icky and gross and it didn't feel empowering. And so I started the podcast, um, to have positive messages around sexuality that wasn't fear-based and that really helped expand the awareness. So then people could make educated choices. There is no shame. I do not invite shame to the table at all. Um, so that's in a nutshell, (laughs) that history and how the podcast started, but mostly because I was meeting with one-on-one clients and I didn't even have a resource to refer them to, to support them, their own growth. That's tough when you don't have, and like, when you don't have resources that like represent who you are, like who you want to be, right. That can be really tough. So yeah, that's great. I'm glad that we kind of got that baseline because I'm curious because I also feel like we didn't get a lot like, you know, I had friends growing up in, in school whose like parents withheld them from like the sex ed, ed class and like in school and whether we, we can argue about whether or not that's good enough. And, but, but the fact that you withhold them just because it's like a sex ed class, mm-hmm. like that was really mind boggling to me. Like luckily my parents didn't. So I had a little bit of an idea, you know, but I'm, a little bit. <laughs> Right, right, right. And, and, that, and that's why I go back. Yeah, we can argue if the public edu- education system does enough to, to do that. But um, where do you think, because one of my big questions is how to talk about sex in a healthy way, not, in, not inviting shame or guilt, because mm-hmm. one of the things that also kind of rubs me the wrong way is when people, you know, because I'm LDS as well, when people in or out of my religion talk about sex and they only bring up like the bad things that can happen. It's just really, it really bugs me because like now I'm married and obviously I have children. So two plus two equals four and it's not a bad experience. Right. And it's just like, you're essentially lying to people when you do that. Um, it's, it's the Madonna complex. Um, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, where, um, you're supposed to be a virgin. (laughs) You're supposed to be, you know, very clean and pure, but as soon as you're married and as soon as you're ready, you need to be, um, willing and available. You need to be very, um, knowledgeable and sexy. And, you know, it's a flip of a switch because you said I do in a marriage. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of people are confused. Like I've been all conditioned for a long time. Sex is bad. Sexuality is something we don't talk about. It's taboo it's behind closed doors or it's only between this type of person and that type of person and no one else and everything else is wrong to then be, I'm supposed to be really in tune to what I like and what I want and understand, um, how that feels inside my body when I've never even got the chance to explore my body because I was told that was wrong too. Um, and so you have a lot of things going on. Um, especially because of education and, and public education, a lot of it is just anatomy and physiology. So let's talk about the body parts, maybe a little bit of family planning and, you know, birth control slightly, but rarely about boundaries or consent or healthy relationships or pleasure um, and how to be in tune to your body. Um, if you understand what it feels like to get your hand burned on the stove, you know, you don't want that anymore Yeah. because someone's told you, right. 
But if somebody else told you, but it feels really, really good. If you do that, you know, you might go and experiment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then you have this thing where you're like, hold on, somebody's telling me this and somebody's telling me that, but I don't know who's right until I try. And sometimes it'll bite you in the butt and you get burned and it doesn't feel good. I think most people will agree getting burned on the stove is not fun. (laughs) But when you tell me that, and then it's climax, who liked me? Like somebody lied to me because this feels really good. You know, know like I do enjoy this. (laughs) You know, what's so funny is I have this conversation with like my wife in the sense that like, I have this conversation about when you're told one thing. So like one of the the example I would use is like first sex is what I would use is like somebody tells you it's not like it's this like very obscure thing that happens and you shouldn't do it because unless you're married because or whatever. And then you just get this really skewed idea, but then you write, you try it because you're like, I'm a kid or, or whatever the reason is. Right. And you realize like, it feels good. And, and then you're like, what else do they lie about? Mm-hmm. Like, or like alcohol, right? Like you're going to get addicted. It's great. You know? And I'm like, and then you go try alcohol for the first time and you realize uh, it was, it might not have tasted bad, but it, I didn't die and I didn't get addicted. And you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, what happened there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, it's true. It's, it's really frustrating. It's like, for me, it's extremely frustrating because it's like, we should be honest about these things honest about them and, um, really allowing, you know, that to not be scary and unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the hardest thing is when, and where do you start? Like, you know, as sure. children, as you're raising children, um, I have a 12, 10 and eight year old. And so we're kind of in the thick of it. We're going through puberty. We're going through a few other things. And it's my eight year old. Who's the most curious. And a lot of A lot of specialists will say, wait till they're curious and let them guide the conversation. And then other people will say, it's still okay to probe a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Because if you wait till they're curious and maybe there is, um, you know, a child who's on the spectrum and doesn't understand some of the social norms and bodily autonomy and, you know, good touch, bad touch, that kind of thing, you're going to need to probe a little bit more. Um, So really there's some great, resources out there. Um, obviously none of them are coming to mind right now, but <laughs> happens uh, to me all the time. <laughs> I think the Gottman Institute has some oh, good yeah. resources, um, because they're really good already with relationships and they're very like lightly probing. It's not like this intense, you know, kink <laughs> that is over here that can be really <laughs> sure. scary to go research kind of thing. Yeah. They're, you know, usually healthy relationships, healthy communication, um, that kind of thing. And there's some ways to talk to children in there too. Um, the other thing is to really not demonize sexuality and that drive. Um, Mm -hmm. it does feel good to get touched in certain areas. It does feel good to do this and to, to say that that is bad. Um, you know, using different language on, oh, you've, I, I guess it depends on where you're at in stages with kids, but like, oh, I've noticed you're, you're kind of touching yourself there. I bet that feels good. Um, and then you get to decide if you want to go a cultural norm where, you know, LDS, where masturbation isn't something that is promoted and actually something that's quite, um, is it forbidden? I don't know the word anymore. I don't know either. Um, <laughs> cause I'll be upon. honest, cause I'll be yeah. honest with you, um, in preparation for this my wife and I were talking about a few things and masturbation came up and it's a very ambiguous topic. It's, it's a very gray area. Like, and I mean that like, and somebody's going to, one of my LDS friends is going to listen to this and call and call even bishop to bishop. It's you very know, ambiguous. If you go yeah, in very, as a yeah. 16 year old and say, Hey, you know what? I played with my genitals. Some of them will be like, you don't get to take the sacrament. You can't do all this. And others will be like, okay, well, you know, just, Please don't tell me next time. <laughs> yeah, or like, or like, or like some people or some bishops or whoever uh, will just be like, you should probably have that conversation with your parents. Yeah, yeah. Which it, is a, it, which is what I think they should do. Like, <laughs> and even then, are our parents equipped? Sure, because sure. We have sure, generational sure. norms that have been passed on, and what is, um, you know, we have a lot of. Anyway, but that's parents' mm-hmm. choice. So you can decide at that point, Hey, I've noticed you've been doing this. You know, is this something that, um, 
brings joy and brings value into your life and how you want to define that in your own family is how you want to define that. So I will not walk all over anyone's values at all. Um, but I will say, does it bring joy? Does it bring value? Is it, you know, something that's appropriate for age, that kind of thing. And that's very personal from family to family, person to person in my household, it is very normalized, um, or sexuality and, um, the research that I have con- conducted or not conducted, but have looked at has been and personal research, I guess, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is um, when you can fill your own body and what feels good and what doesn't, you know, when someone else is crossing those personal physical boundaries as well. And that's you a can great, that's be a more great informed. Point. Hey, do I feel guilty that my boyfriend is, you know, at when is going up my shirt and that's what feels wrong? Or do I just not like it? And, you know, and he's crossing good a physical point. boundary and yeah, I'm not comfortable point. with him that kind of thing where it's like, Hey, I like it when I touch myself. So why am I not liking it when this person is? It's probably because there's a clue, a bodily clue that we're not safe. We're not feeling safe. They're crossing. Yeah. There's a red flag. That's yeah. a great, that's a great point. Cause that's one of my questions is like, how do you teach? Like, yeah. How do you teach good touch, bad touch? Right. Yeah. With, with like with other people too, like, yeah, it's been, it's just a question. And, and the, what I mean by that is like exactly what you described. It, you described it perfectly. Like it's it's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like that. I got to work through yeah. it in my head a little bit more. But you're no, on, for I'm sure. on it. I like what you said. I'm agreeing. It was a you. really big aha moment for me. And it actually caused a lot of grief because I was like, how many times? And I might get a little emotional. I am a, a sexual assault survivor. And how many times did I allow someone to cross those boundaries? Because I thought the reason my body felt bad is because I was going against my religious beliefs, not my own personal oh. beliefs. And just allowing that to be like, because everybody else is having sex at 16. So I can't, you know, I should, yeah. when really it was like, you know, I was not ready, nor should I have been in those situations if I had listened to my body and understood what those signals were like, instead of being mm. all signals are bad none of those should be explored, that kind of thing. So Mm. I feel like, and so that caused a lot of grief for me and just anger, anger at the adults in my life that why the hell did you not prepare me for this? You just told me no, 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 no. And it's damn near impossible to be that protected in our society where smartphones are so readily available. Kids are exposed to everything. So to just say no, isn't enough anymore. And we need to arm our kids with choices and educated choices. So my daughter, who's eight, like I said, is very curious, likes to ask all sorts of questions. She is kind of somewhat obsessed about her period. Like, when is it going to start? And when is it going to feel like, like she has all the questions, right? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Very healthy, normal questions. She's just very like, all right. And then she's telling me like, I don't think I want to buy any more white pants. And I was like, why is that? And I think she was just watching some show where like the oh. girl, and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. But she asked me, she was just like, um, how old do you have to be to have sex? Because I think she was watching a movie and something like that was happening, you know, like one of those teen bopper ones or whatever mm, yeah, um, okay. on Netflix. And so I was like, okay, we're here. I wasn't ready. I didn't think we were going to be with that eight years old having that question. And I told her, well, um, sex isn't just a physical thing. It's a mental and emotional thing. And so you have to be physically ready, emotionally ready, and mentally ready. And I was like, and those can all happen at different stages. So even if, you know, you're 17 and feel like you're physically ready, but you're not emotionally ready, you're not ready. And I was like, mm. most people don't know those differences or, or they're emotionally connected to their boyfriend or girlfriend and have been dating for so long. They think the next step is to go all the way kind of thing, even though they're sure. not physically ready and all sorts of things are signaling. I don't want to that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I told her those things and I was like, damn, I, I survived my first like sex talk with my kids because I have <laughs> yeah. my boys really don't yeah. care. They're like more like mom just please knock before coming in, you know, like they haven't really asked anything about like partnered anything yet. They're more, I'm sure just personally interested in themselves, but I don't know. Cause I don't probe. I just say, please safe. Um, yeah, but that was something I was like, you know, Hey, like 
I felt like that was a confident answer I could give. I didn't go into all the details. I don't even think she knows the anatomy or like the the actual act. Yeah. 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 Okay. Which, um, you know, but like time and place kind of thing. Right. Exactly. And so those conversations and then I, and then I give her an answer and then I probe is that, you know, it, does that make sense? Do you need more clarity on any of that? And then if she asked like, okay, what do you mean by physically ready? I could have said, you know, something, 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 but, mm-hmm. um, that's all she, she asked about. Yeah. And so that's why it's kind of checking in and checking in often with your kids too about like, Hey, you know how we talk about like consent? What does that look like to you? Do you have an example of it coming up? And, you know, I've had my kids tell me about other friends that have been um, and put in situations that are not safe for them, you know, mm, and not yeah. understanding that that was them getting taken advantage of, but they were being able to be like, oh yeah, consent looks like so-and-so, you know, when Billy did this to Susie, um, she didn't really give consent. And I'm like, Ooh, do we have adults in their lives understand what's going on? You know, and kind of things yeah, like that, but absolutely the pitfall of my kids knowing a lot is and I had to learn this the hard way with my <laughs> oldest is he educated another friend um about teabagging and you know it's all over video games it's that kind of yeah, thing yeah 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 yes I know what you're, yeah unfortunately yeah, yes. this was a friend who was very very sheltered and oh man family never I mean completely has demonized that I don't even think they kiss in front of their kids that kind of thing like it was just really really unfortunate that something as dumb as that yeah. had blown up and and this one child really really struggled with that knowledge and felt really guilty of knowing it and there were some other um emotional consequences with it but that's crazy Holy you know cow. so it kind of blew up yeah and, and, and the oh go ahead yeah go ahead. go ahead oh i was just gonna say the best part about the story that you just told was that your eight-year-old was comfortable enough to come to you and say like what what's a period or like you know engage with you in that conversation like that is something I feel like we miss. And I feel like, cause I've done, I've done some research on, on this topic and I don't think that abstinence only sex education is appropriate. I, and so yeah. I'm, I, I'm on your side with that. And the reason I don't is because you look at c- countries like Germany or some of these European countries where it's very open mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm just giving these statistics cause this is what I read and this is what I looked into, but like teenage pregnancy was down more than, yeah. than America. Um, STIs. S- yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's more, more conversational, right? I can right, say, yeah. hey, um, something different's going on down there. What's going on? You know, instead yeah, of yeah, like yeah. hiding it in shame and then passing it to somebody else, you know, there are just right. so many things. Well, so many benefits. Well, and, to being open. and yeah, I, I 100% I agree with that. And the main reason I agree, my logic was like, I'd rather them hear it from me than from mm-hmm a friend at school. Right. Yeah. And, and, and not that I would just rather set them up for success so that if they hear it in school, they can pick out, okay, yeah, he's that's right. Or, or, okay, that doesn't sound. And then they can come back and ask us, right. Like parents, like, Hey, what, yeah. I heard this at school. What about this? So that's what happened with my son. You know, I had to be like, Hey, you are <laughs> armed with a lot more information than most kids your age. Um, because of your mom's a sex educator, like that's just going to happen. I have books everywhere, that kind of thing. I don't, I'm not hiding it. Um, and I was like, but your job is not to educate your friends. You are more than welcome to, if you hear your friends talk about that kind of stuff, say, Hey, that's inaccurate. Maybe you should go talk to a trusted adult. You know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. sure you remember all those myths that like going around in school. Yeah, it was, you crazy. remember like the, like, if you <laughs> shake a can of soda up your hoo-ha, you won't get pregnant. Like, like shit like that. Like dumb, yeah, dumb, just, dumb stuff. Well, wild stuff. Quite unhealthy. My, my wife told me about this. We were just talking one night and she told me about this TikTok thing that was going around. Like, I don't have TikTok, but the TikTok thing that was going around that like people didn't know, like when they got married, they didn't know how to have sex. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, they, they thought they were struggling with infertility, which is a real problem, but they weren't because they weren't doing it right. But they, no one had told them like they know yeah. they ne- didn't. And, and I, I was like, you're lying to me. I was like, that's not real. And she showed me the, the, the compilation or whatever. I was like, this is unreal. You have 
grown adults who don't know how to do this. That's, that's so scary. That's scary. That makes more room for somebody taking advantage than understanding, right? You know, if somebody were saying to my kids or whatever, like, oh, this is okay. Um, because it's blah, blah, blah. It has convinced Mm -hmm. them, but my kids are like BS. That's exactly what this is. And I know exactly what that part is called, that kind of thing. I mean, you even hear, Mm -hmm. um, you know, calling parts, their names, their anatomical names, because if you start calling somebody's downstairs, a cookie, and they're talking about how, you know, somebody is touching that and they were like, Oh, whatever your stepbrother was eating your cookies, whatever, something like that. So finding out that there's really abuse going on. Right. That's an extreme example. And I definitely not about fear. I am. um, No, but it's about preparedness though. It's like, that's what we do with our kids. And, and, and I got mad at my, I got mad at my, my Mm in-laws because my, well, my daughter's, my daughter's four. And at the time she was probably three or four, but like we, she was getting potty trained and I, and I'm a dad. And I know my three-year-old is just learning how to potty train. I'm like, hey, did you wipe your vagina and did you wash your hands? Yeah. And my, my family was like, uh, we don't say that. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and, and if I hear you say that around my, anything else besides that around my daughter, I'm going to flip yeah. out. I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Because that's not I mean, what it's called. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with the name. Like, I don't know. It's just. Or I mean, my son, it, same thing. <laughs> and vulva is, is more yeah. accurate, you know, right? Because yeah, vagina okay. is the canal is the actual inside, right? So she's not wiping yeah. out, but, but at least when you say vagina, everyone knows what you're referring to, right? Yeah. Okay. You're right. Uh, yes, and you're so, right. You're right. I mean, if you really want to get after it, you'll have her <laughs> walking around the store, like, Hey, my vulva itches. And you have someone like look over like, wow. Okay. Progressive yeah, yeah. parent. But, um, yeah. which I have been, I, you know, it's, yeah, you should. Yeah, it's great paving the way and especially being raised LDS, having my parents be LDS this is the first time I'm exploring. Like I, my kids are an active experiment right now. Obviously it's informed by a lot of education and a lot of quality resources, but I don't know what this is going to look like as their teenagers. Mm. And so there's times that I totally question myself. And I was like, did I just give my kids too much information? Except, especially when that one, you know, kid of my son's or friend of my son's, you know, when that kind of blew up a little bit, there was a huge pain of guilt and it brought me right back to, um, the days of being a teenager in the LDS church. Like it was just the worst feeling ever. And I was just like, I can't win. There's nothing I can do to do better. And so that was something I always struggled with. And I was, um, by a bishop. I was a sex addict when I was a teenager. So very unhealthy messages because, you know, a very untrained person who's in a room with me alone. And it was more of, I felt shame because I was sexually active and I, to feel better, I would go get that instantaneous release from an intimate encounter. And it was that cyclical type of thing. It's a lot where teenagers, especially teenagers in high demand religions like LDS um, of like Mormonism, um, get addicted to pornography because they've watched it once, felt good. And, but then they were told that was the worst thing that they could ever do. So then they feel bad, but there's like, that's all they can get off on their mind. And so they go do it. And then it just cycles over and over again, Mm -hmm. instead of normalizing that experience and being like, oh, I bet that felt good. However, pornography is not real. It's a tool that's easily abused. Rarely, I mean, there are some instances where people use it as a a therapeutic tool and that it can actually help a relationship and intimacy, but more than not, it's quite abused. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's some people who can easily have a normal relationship with it, just like an alcoholic versus, you know, they can. Yeah, drink yeah. when they want and put it down and it's not a big deal, but they also understand their limitations and they know, you sure. know, body cues when this is becoming a problem. So it's I respect again, that, yeah, that guilt that. and fear and how that builds into a cycle. It's not the actual thing. It's what they're using for that release or mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. 
instantaneous feel good. Um, so there's a lot of youth that are afraid and alone and feel that something's wrong with them because they do have that sexual drive, heightened, heightened sexual drive. Yeah. Yeah. Horny yeah. MFers out there walking around. Like, yeah. And they don't know what to do. Yeah. And they don't know what to do and they don't know how to like safely and, and healthily, just, you know, <laughs> sink it down, pretend <laughs> it doesn't exist. Um, it reminds me of, oh, it reminds me of, I don't know. Did you ever hear about the Book of Mormon musical? Did you ever hear about that? Yes. Okay. Turn, off the turn light. it off. Yes. Turn it off. The song. <laughs> By the way, uh, so I think we've already established, like before this interview, that I'm, I'm not like, and I hate to say it, but I'm not like a Utah Mormon. And I don't even, I hate even saying that. Right. But like, I watched that video. I watched that musical before I served a mission and after oh, uh-huh. I served a mission. And I thought it was great. I thought it was funny. Like, oh, it's you can't la- yeah, it's, it's comedy. It's more like, funny when you come from that religion because oh, you're yeah. like, yes, I get a lot I'd of things that, that people wouldn't. And it was, yeah. it, I thought it was funny before my mission. I thought it was even funnier after my mission, because if you took two years of my crazy mission and you put it into a, a 90 minute special, like 90 minute, uh, uh, Broadway musical, that would be uh-huh. it. That would be it. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I had, yeah. I mean, I had, we had everything that happened in there. I, I experienced personally on my mission for the most part, like it was crazy. <laughs> we just had crazy experiences, but it's like this, yeah, it's like this turn it off kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm like, it was funny because it was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was funny because I'm laughing because that's exactly what happens. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think the funniest comedy is like truth. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's true. Like, that's terrible that we do that. And there's uh, no, yeah. yeah, there's no validation of the human experience. Yeah. I am shamed for something that happens that I don't have control over. We don't yeah. sit there and look at people when they have their tummy growls and say, oh my gosh, that's so gross. I can't believe you're eating. Um it's a physiological response, right? You know, this is something we are built for. Um, you know, hunger pains and horniness are pretty much the same thing. Like, I mean, you can really look at uh, like how similar they are, you know, sexuality is just like eating, you know, you have different tastes, you have different flavors, you have different, um, experiences, you go to different restaurants, you know, whatever that is, you can look at all the different, um, that analogy works really, really well. Yeah. But it's it's something that no one takes the time to validate. Right. Yeah. I would agree. So I'm 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, going through bodily changes and being told I'm wrong to be curious about those. Or um there's only one right way to experience it. You know, there's only one restaurant, there's only one kind of food that you get to try. Like, you know, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's one of those frustrating things anyway. So that's, I I have a really hard time with messaging to youth and that we don't arm them with more validating positive messages. It's a lot of shame-based, fear-based, negative, judgmental, don't do it. Um, but then we know you're probably going to. So then really don't do it. We'll just it. cross that bridge when we come to it kind of thing, or we'll sweep or it under the rug. Or, most yeah. of the time when something has already happened, right? Yeah. A sexual assault is, or, or um, a pregnancy or an STI. That's mm-hmm. the only time that parents, that is exactly how my parents found out I lost my virginity is when the police showed up um, because my bishop, because I was, honest with my bishop and told him what had happened at a party and he's like that is assault you need to report that force me to report which also is not okay that should always be the choice of you know the victim or the survivor yeah, um yeah. and again untrained but, people having yeah. conversations that we need more training um or not having these conversations yeah. in rooms with yeah well yeah i mean i can't really argue with you on that i was under the impression that if if something like that like almost like a counselor kind of thing almost like a ther not not that they're therapists but like if i was reporting an act like a violent crime to my therapist um i was under the impression that they have like they would have a duty to like report that right and i guess i guess that's different 
Am I wrong they do. there? Or? They have to report, but, oh, but I you, don't have to make okay. a report. Okay. I don't and that's have what, to come And that's forward. what was different. Yeah. Okay. okay. So they have to say okay. something and then um, the authorities will, you know, contact that person and say, do you want to um, make a report or go oh, after any legal things? But yes, and definitely in the state of Utah, you are all mandated. Anyone under 18 talks about, or if there's any child abuse, anything like that, you do have to report. Okay. Um, but the but difference there, was that he forced you. He was like, no, you have to, you have to, you have to. Okay. And you don't have to go to the police. There are plenty of, you know, sexual assault survivors. Yeah, there's you know, safe like ways. Yeah, support. there's very safe exactly. ways. Exactly. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. don't have to go to the police who they get some training to handle these situations, but they aren't specialists, yeah. right? You know, they're 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 to uphold the law and not to, you know, we have um victim to, advocates yeah, and yeah, all sorts yes. of resources that are available. Who can help um, you like, you know, if yeah. you do, they can help you like guide you through the conversation and where we're avoiding re-traumatization or victim blaming or things like that. And I didn't even, you know, I, I carried the blame because I got drunk at that party. I carried the blame until my mid twenties when I was going Mm -hmm. through school. And I was like, Oh my God, that really was sexual assault. I, I, because of my religious background and because I was told drinking and that was my choice. I put myself in harm's way. I have to live with the consequences. That was really hard for me yeah, for a long time terrible. to be like, and to ungo or unlearn that blame for myself and to finally say, you know, cause I, I absolutely like, no, did not want to, you know, tell anyone or anything like that, but yeah. Yeah. So those are a few things that I wish we had more trained adults to have these conversations and that aren't shy from this, because I think it can, we just be healthier human beings and we can (laughs) communicate boundaries. And when we can communicate, um, you know, consent and consent goes both ways. It's not just saying yes, but it's understanding how to take a no, accept a no. Mm -hmm. And that's something we don't teach enough, right? You know, yeah, you hear yeah. yes means yes, no means no. Um, but what do you do when someone actually turns you down? Are you going to continue to try to convince them and coerce them? Sure, um, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. just told they need to have the power, not you. You don't have a choice in that situation, that kind of thing. Or so it's it goes both ways. And I think we're we're slowly, very, very slowly adding to the <laughs> conversation. But I would love to see it happen a little quicker. And of know, course. less less stigmatized beliefs just because that's what historically we've been taught you know yeah I agree I mean it's I I hate to say it again but like it's just gonna take a few generations yeah (laughs) moving on for us and and by then we're all gonna be you know anti-marriage and bisexual and (laughs) just kidding Um, but if you do look at the trends less and less (laughs) people are getting married more and more people are, you know, on the LGBTQ spectrum. Like it's, it's a very interesting place we're at. Um, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of theories on it. Is it just because we're inviting more voices to the conversation? There's more acceptance. And so more people are coming out of the, you know, their closet or is it just, you know, there's less strict black and white yeah we're allowing more um differences and so yeah i think so and and you know i i think it's just back and this is where my whole this is i don't know and this is good or bad or whatever but my personal opinion is like whatever you do is like your thing and like i'm gonna be i I choose this right like it is this is i i don't live off you know those old proverbial like living off your parents testimony or whatever like I've chosen this and this is something I want to do and other people choose other things and let's all just like, I'll have, but I have like, you know, I I have really good conversations with people and I have, you know, I mean, I just don't, it just doesn't like, it's not. And, and and I use this analogy very intentionally, not sacrilegiously, but is this the hill that in my opinion, God died on? And my answer is probably not like, like my, my thing, I, I, my belief is like, I heard this in a meeting one time and it was from, I I had the opportunity to serve my mission. I'm from Iowa. So I served in St. George 
So I had the opportunity to be around, around a lot of general authorities for better, for worse. And, but one of them said, one of them said something really cool. He was like, you know, um, you'll be so like, when all of this is over, you'll be surprised about what God actually cares about and how, mm-hmm. and how little, like what we put stock in, he doesn't necessarily. And so like, what does that mean? I don't know, but I'll, but I know one thing. It's not, it's not up to me. So everybody just, we just get along. Yeah, I'll have right? fun. <laughs> we go our I ways. Mean, <laughs> I use that. I look at that all the time. And I was like, I don't think I'm an evil person, a bad person because I touch my own private parts. <laughs> well, and, and well, here's the crazy thing is like, you have young adults. It's like, this is biologically us. what's happening. And you, I mean, like, you're going to tell a 17, like, do you, like, I remember going through puberty. That was crazy. We had, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? And you expect, I'm just saying, I'm not, I don't know. My whole thing is like, don't be surprised. Like, why are you surprised? Right. Do you understand what's happening? <laughs> I can crazy. see that there's a time and a place. Sure. sure, sure and sure, it sure. takes a lot of effort to tell people how to understand the time and place. And that, you know, if you do touch yourself and you're constantly masturbating. It isn't inviting other opportunities to learn, right? It's you're wanting to shut in your room and, and, and other things and who knows what. Sure. So I can understand why at one point it was just easier to be like, don't do it. Um, and maybe that's what happened was it was like, we don't have the educational avenues to give you other types of resources. It's just easier for us to say no. Um, but we can't ignore that. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. I I agree. We are at a time and a place that we have to have those conversations that, um, you know, uh, there's just internet and all the information. I, I just watched a YouTube video on just how quickly we had information given to us at our, our hand, our fingertips you know, and it was like one generation where it was just like, Hey, you kind of had books and maybe like some, yeah. and then all of a sudden it was like, boom, internet, you have all answers to everything you could ever imagine, Yeah, you know? And it's like, we weren't prepared as a society, as a human race for that type (laughs) of information, that flooding of information. We don't know how to differentiate what's a good resource and what's a bad resource. We don't know how to make choices anymore. And we don't know how to communicate with each other anymore. Um, and so that's kind of where our emphasis should be. Mm-hmm. I just happen to do it with fun sexual anecdotes and have fun <laughs> with that, you know, cause yeah, yeah, well, I don't want anyone to live with that shame that I did. Uh, amen. Amen. And I, and I couldn't agree more because one of the things that I struggle with in the church is these wild conversations that we just allow to happen. Like I do not like, and I, I, I don't know. I, I got called to the principal's office when I was in, when I was in school, I get called to the principal's office when I'm at church. Cause it just had, cause I'm like, I, that's not accurate. You're not telling the truth. Like we, and, and so, and my thing is like, when you talk about sex, I think the one, the most important lesson I learned about it was it, it's not, a, it, it's a timing thing. It's just like you were saying earlier. It's when you're physically ready, when you're emotionally ready, when you're mentally ready, personally, I would add spiritually, but I yeah. understand people might not, you know, resonate with that, but I would add that too. Like, I, I think that's very valid to your, yeah. your morals and your values, right? Like that. I think it's very great yeah. to add to that. Yeah. And so, and so I understand that and that's a great way to put it. It's not, yeah. And so, and so I heard it once it's like, it's not never, it's just the right time. And so, and I, but I will, you know, since we've had this conversation, I, I do have to give the concession that that looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It looks different and for and everyone okay. and <laughs> comparing okay. it to other people. And, you know, um, yeah, but what I'm, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I'll let you finish. No, no, no. That I think that's just a lot of, yeah, we could spend hours on that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, a lot of um, arguments happen because it's, my yes was your no, so you're wrong and I'm right or whatever oh, that is. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. just like, uh yeah, not. I'm not yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. not interested in I yeah, I I I am not interested in conversations where we can't learn and grow. Like I feel like if if we're both 
in a position to say like, we're, we're, we're comfortable knowing, like, I'm very comfortable knowing that I don't know everything, mm-hmm. um, especially around this. So if we both in, in a communication, if we both understand that and we're working towards a higher goal, I really don't think you can go wrong. Um, but what I, you know, what, what you said, cause I have a daughter and, you know, I try to put her in jujitsu. I try to teach her how to like, like enforce her boundaries, which she does a great job at. Mm-hmm. But, but what you said was like, no, how do you know what your boundaries are? Yeah. And, and, and what you were, how you described that. I was like, that's great because yeah, I mean, you don't know the red foot, like you don't, it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. And you haven't been trained to listen for it, you know? And it's like, um, we've been trained, you know, like if I'm the hand on the stove again, we've been trained because we know that heat is, is probably discomfort. So we've, we've had that um, life experience, but when we're saying no to everything, you're not getting that life experience. Um, even asking kids or validating their experience of, hey, that was really rude when so-and-so took your toy. And, you know, or, hey, I know um, you asked really nicely if you could borrow Susie's doll and she said, no, that probably feels kind of crummy, but I'm so proud of you for, you know, telling her or like accepting her no. That is a huge thing, right? Yeah, yeah, Most yeah, yeah. kids are going to still sit there and be like, but please, please. That doesn't change. Right. I remember boys sitting there doing that in high school. <laughs> but please, please. And, you know, just it, it changes a little bit, but still it was like, hey, that was a, what I was conditioned about. Like if kids, sure. if, you, if they ask over and over again, I'm finally just going to break. Or, um, you know, uh, I noticed you let so-and-so borrow your toy and they broke it. That probably made you feel really bad, you know, and then just kind of validating that and be Mm -hmm. like, how do you know? Or my daughter is a social butterfly, always going out and playing with friends. And (laughs) there's a day she's not playing with friends. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, she's sick. sick. But she came in and was just like, you know, I just don't want to play with friends anymore. So I'm like, something happened, you know, I'm trying to probe and probe and probe. And she's just like, I'm just kind of tired. And I was like, I'm so glad you listened to your body. And that's just kind of like normalizing different bodily sensations mm. for knowing what they are, right? I'm really glad, you know, like, oh, you have a tummy ache and we're about ready to like go to the doctor's office. You're probably nervous for shots or something like, and kind of just tying those sensations yeah, yeah, yeah. to their experiences. They're going to start listening to those and knowing what they mean. I mean, our body does yeah. a really good job warning us when yeah, it we're does. uncomfortable. It does. And, you know, and, and, uh, I really like how you just keep tying it back to listening to your body, respecting your body and other people's bodies, because it, it is something. And, and I don't, I don't know this, I, this conversation has been beautiful, but it is, it is something where you have like in any religion. Cause I've also been, I also, before I got my bachelor's degree in accounting and I went on to get an MBA or I'm pursuing an MBA. Um, I was like really close to, getting a bachelor's in theology and philosophy because that's what mm. I thought I was going to do. So I got to experience a lot of different religions. Like we had to go to some, and by the way, yeah. midnight mass, Christmas mass is a wonderful experience. I love, I love Christmas mass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm, you know, uh, but like it just, in every religion, they put a lot of stock in like your body and how beautiful it is and how powerful it is, you know, and all these things. Right. And then we're told to like, ignore it in this specific conversation you know Mm -hmm. it's i'm like that doesn't make any sense and all you got to do is ask a question and you immediately you know question you're like "Mm, this is a weird (laughs) we're missing something here so i like that that's that's a good point it's it's something we're we're slowly learning and again it's not as scary anymore you know you hear sex education i mean there there was a sex education bill that was denied and so frustrating because it had consent in it and they said no and i was like wtf we need yeah. more consent yeah um but really i had a guest on we were talking about why you know it was probably shut down it was a lot of aggressive language that was historically shunned and you know most people were like oh no we don't want to talk to our kids about pleasure 
you know, but it's really like, if we leave pleasure out of the conversation, they're going to think something's wrong once they are Yeah. like how many, yeah, there's, there's a huge, you know, huge portion of women, especially LDS women who go see therapists or sex therapists because they think they don't have a sex drive. And it's really because they've been conditioned for so long not to be, not to turn off that sexual drive, constantly turn it off, turn off, ignore it, do something to keep yourself busy, whatever. So now they can't, like, it's hard for them to tap back into it and not feel like something's wrong or they're doing something wrong. You know, again, this isn't just LDS women. It's a lot of high religion or high demand religions. That yeah, can, yeah, yeah. But it's okay. But it happens that. in our religion probably more. Yeah, than most definitely. <laughs> um, I've had lots of conversations with LDS uh, therapists and sex therapists and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Natasha Helfer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she was oh. um, recently excommunicated because of her stance on um, oh, masturbation and all sorts of stuff and LGBTQ and She's been on the podcast. Yeah. We've talked about it on, yeah. on my show. And, you know, it's one of those things that I'm like, we can't ignore this stuff anymore. And those who are speaking loud and, you know, who are overly aggressive are get, you know, being made the example. And there's, there's things that happen that. Yeah. Um, well, and there was another guy who got excommunicated a while ago and he was lobbying for. Uh, no one-on-one meetings and with interviews bishops. yeah yeah, yeah. Interviews. her and and, Which, um, and i'm forgetting his name but natasha Hoffer and stuff she she supported but, that and, movement with him and so i i don't want to get anything twisted i that was real when i heard that i was like i was i was really shaken i was really upset i was like are you kidding me i was like first of all if a dude because i'm not i i don't see like this stuff i don't see like bishop or like you're a dude you're a man to me and i and i mean that and so if another guy said no you can't come in here i'm gonna question your daughter i'd be like you can go fuck yourself like yeah. you're you're high if you think that yeah. if my daughter feels safe in there then that's fine you know but if you come out and try to do that to me, i'm like no 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 i had a really yeah. hard time with that i had a really hard time and and now that you mentioned this story i didn't know her name but now that you mentioned that story, I heard it and I was like, oh, my. I'm like, I had a really yeah. hard time with that. I had a really hard time with year. that. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. And I don't want to say it's because the people who speak up, you know, are the ones who get excommunicated, even though I have made that joke on my podcast. Like, I'm sure, like, sure, oh, sure, no, sure. don't come <laughs> well, get me. But <laughs> um, it really is. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's the respect for other people but it's also mm-hmm. standing up for those voices who don't get to be heard and who have been historically quieted. Yeah. And um, those type of, you know, standing up that kind of thing all for it. Let's, you mm-hmm. know, historically mm-hmm. there has been a lot of things that can do a lot of harm. There's a lot of harm, but there's a lot of good too. And, you know, I wasn't part of those conversations. I wasn't in those rooms. So I can't make my own decisions, but sure. I and have I was... my own experience. And I brought that yeah. in a little bit with, um, you know, sexual assault and being told I was sex addict, you know, those aren't, those aren't healthy messages. for And, and why would you, well, yeah. And first of all, why is a grown man having that conversation? You know, untrained, that's what I'm untrained. Okay. Yeah, that's, yes, yeah, good, yes. Yes. Good. Good point. Good point. <laughs> um, yeah. I just get you're, fired you're, up you're not going to get that in a Bishop's handbook. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're right. I mean, but it's just wild to me because I have a daughter and I think about these things and I just go like, I want her to, you know, that's why I teach her self-defense in these things. Cause I want her to be able to do this. Um, but it's also just crazy. It's just, I'm like, no way, no way mm-hmm. you're, you know, and, and, and I will also, you know, not everybody's like that. And, but the hard thing is, is like, you know, and, and with those cases, it's like the, the one, the hardest thing I had a problem with was there's, there's no like appeal process, right? Like, you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> Can I get a second it's, opinion? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are no, you sure the God's you word the right is God's word. Yeah. yeah. But we're going through a person, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, yeah, so but, even if yeah. that's what you believe, that's still getting um, right, right. someone's imperfect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you judgment say, hey, is still coming yeah, through. I don't get, yeah, I don't get offended. Like like I said before our podcast, like um, I, I am not naive to the fact that we got a lot of, that there's going to be some people who have to answer for some serious 
for some serious questions. Yeah. I believe that they'll have to answer for some serious questions. I'm still healing from my own religious trauma. And so I really try to be a little more calm because I know in years past and and things like that, I was very anti-church and very Mm anti-Mormon and was really angry. And, and now it's, you know, I'm kind of healing from a lot of that aggression and a lot of that and, and, and kind of understanding, Hey, I can't blame this bishop because again, he was doing his best. He was not trained. He was not Mm. given the tools, um, probably felt that he was doing the right thing, but not understanding the full spectrum, um, Uh, because we don't talk about it kind of thing. Switching gears, maybe just a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. And, and feel, and feel free to like, you know, how answer this, however you feel comfortable, but I'm curious. That's, I, I had this conversation with another gentleman. We were, we were on a similar train of thought and, and he said something similar. He was like, you know, they were just doing their best and I had to learn how to heal from that. What was that process like for you? Like, how did you come to that conclusion? I mean, obviously it took time. And, and like I said, whatever you want to, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, but I just feel like that's such an amazing mindset shift to be able to to think about that. And, and not a lot of people can do that. Um, I will give a lot of credit to my education and training. Um, okay. So being a coach, uh, a health and wellness coach, and the emotional, the level of emotional intelligence, you need to be a good coach and to help um, guide other people and kind of see the connections or disconnections that are there aren't there. Um, you have to be really in tune, a lot of mind to body wellness, you know, uh, how do I understand the connection between these things? Um, a huge piece was just shifting my internal locus of, or my locus of control to internally, right. Instead of saying, I am this way because somebody else made this rule instead of saying this happened to me and it was really unfortunate, but I get to have the choice on how I deal with it. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of that. It was very, very, very gradual. Like I said, it wasn't until I was in my mid twenties, a mom of three, um, that I finally was like, oh my gosh, that was, that really was sexual assault. That wasn't me just doing this or or that, or just being a dumb Mm -hmm. teenager. Um, which I was, I was totally a dumb teacher, <laughs> teenager. I made lots of mistakes, which is I, so valuable. Now yeah, the yeah. hurt I went through has created the person I am now. And I have a lot of empathy for people who have gone through the same, um, experiences or, or understand that same type of feeling. Um, but, um, taking that and I, Mm-hmm. Was, I think I just got so burnt out on blaming other people and, um, yeah, that's a heavy, that's a heavy package, not feeling like I had control over my life or the consequences. And so just, you know, that's been, it's been a long shift. There's been other traumatic events that have happened in my life too, that have just kind of been, okay, this is what we're, we're at. And so, um, truly appreciate everything I've gone through. Um, the pain is not comfortable, um, but most growth isn't comfortable, right? Like, Absolutely. I don't know yes, anyone ma'am. who says if growth is comfortable, I don't know if that's growth kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. Well, yeah. uh, thank you for sharing that story. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll, that'll bring a lot of, that'll bring a lot of hope to a lot of people, you know, um, that that's really, that's really cool. I think that this conversation was great. I learned a lot from it as a parent, as a, you know, as a, as a girl and a boy dad. Um, Yeah. Wow. I'm just like, you know what I mean? It's like drinking from a fire hose. You hear that? Yeah. I'm I'm here all day. You know, if you have more (laughs) questions, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I think that's cool. I think that's cool. But um, maybe switching a little bit just to kind of end it on this, uh, on a cool note. Your podcast is coming up on a hundred episodes. Yes, how does we that sure feel? Are. It feels really good, especially we've been through our own growing pains on the podcast. You <laughs> know, I pod- started yeah, with a yeah, co-host, yeah. and she left last year. Her business is booming, and 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 so, how do I do this on my own kind of thing? And then remembering why I started, and that mission of just bringing people, you know, 
say, or I don't know if safe is, but expanding their awareness in a safe, non-judgmental way. And so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I gotta yeah. keep doing this. So there's been some things, you know, happening. And then I went to an episode every other week. And so it's taken me longer to get to the 100th episode, <laughs> sure, but I'm sure, so, sure. so excited. And so we are having a party in Hooper um, on this plot <laughs> of land from, <laughs> it's going to be really fun. It's really big out in the farmland, okay, but that's cool. May 28th. Um, you know, we're going to have a big bonfire, axe throwing, cornhole, open oh, bar. Corn, yeah. You had me at, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you had me at cornhole. That's like, oh. uh, that's an Iowa game. Ah, gotcha. All the time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's an everywhere game, but I grew up in the Midwest, so like. So if you need an easy win, come play me, and it'll be fun. (laughs) But there's going to be lots of podcasts there. Um, so it's really going to be a fun networking event too. It's just. Yeah. um, I heard. I heard about the party. I saw it on your on your Facebook, uh, but I heard about it from. uh, Angel. Angel, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. And you've been on their podcast. I have. I have. Yeah. What a great, what a great, yeah. Those guys are fun. That podcast is fun. <laughs> Angel is like the biggest promoter and just like supporter. Anytime, like, yes. like I said, it's sometimes hard is... going on my own. And I'm like, I need a sounding board for like an idea. Should I do this? Should I do that? So I always send it to Angel and he's always like so supportive. It's yes. Amazing. He is the pod father. Yes. He's yeah. the pod. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Hashtag. <laughs> no, and no, Angel. I mean, for when I started, my podcast um i didn't know anybody in this community um and i met dre so i met i met angel through dre Mm -hmm. but when i met all of those those uh podcasters i was like this is sweet this is really cool and and uh yeah it is but 100 is amazing i mean that's the one thing about podcasting that i just really relate to life it's 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 like consistency yeah it's There's just, a statistic that 50% of podcasts don't even um, pass their seventh episode. Yeah, that's so, so many of them start and they just kind of after they hit a couple barriers or um, right. it's called pod fade. <laughs> they just slowly increase the time between episode releases that they just kind of right. their audience dies. Everything just fizzles. Um, that's something <laughs> that I'm like, I'm going to have to do like a hard stop dying by pod fade. Sounds so sad. And there's, yeah. I have, there's so many infinite messages about sexuality and sexual yeah, wellness. I think you just go as long so as you it's just, it's yeah. never going to stop. <laughs> My, this podcast. Yeah. This podcast is, I have the same thing. I'm just going to, even if I, even if I get zero listens, I'm still going to do it. Cause this podcast for me is not about the audience or anything. I mean, yeah, of course I want to bring, engaging conversations to my audience but this is like this is my journal this is my personal journal isn't it great yeah so many wonderful like ahas <laughs> and yeah I'm, I'm not a writer i hate writing but i'll talk yeah, yeah, i'll yeah. talk all day long exactly i was like fun even just watching you and your realizations and just i bet going back and listening to this episode you're going to even have even more connections and be like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah i do i just enjoy learning and and one of the reasons i started the podcast was I was frustrated. I I would find myself in these conversations with people and, and not to sound like egotistical, but I would say something and I'd be like, Oh dude, I remember learning that. And I, and I just clicked and I was like, should I write it down? And I would try to write it and I'd be like, it doesn't sound the same when I write it down. Cause I'm not very good at that. Something I'm trying to work on, but I'm not good at that. I was like, I need to preserve these in audio form. <laughs> you know, that I was like, I was like, Oh, I could do a podcast. But then I was like, I don't have a co-host you know, nobody, nobody in my circle wanted to do it with me anyway. And, uh, so I was like, well, why don't I just interview other people? And then I was like, why don't I just interview business owners? And now it's kind of progressed to like anybody that I think is very interesting, yeah. creatives yeah. and things like that. Conversations I that I business, wish I had. So, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> I mean, if anyone's interested in wellness coaching, I, I do that one-on-one wellness coaching. I do zoom or I used to face to face, but I'm finding it's just harder and harder with um, connection and and location more than yes. anything. But um, yeah, that's balance your wellness. That's so, cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's and fun. I knew and I knew you had a business. I yeah. just did, 
I was just like, I'm not great with the business part. I'm just good with the coaching part. I want someone else to run the business and I am the, you know, perfect coach. (laughs) There you go. And that's what you should be. But, uh, but sometimes I bring on people who aren't, who are like off the, off the beaten path of my regular show. And I'm just like, but this is my, and some people will be like, why'd you bring them on? I'm like, this is my journal. Yeah. My kids are going to listen to this one day and they're going to get a real idea of who I am. And that's what I I want. My kids never listen to mine. I'm just kidding. (laughs) There are times that I say things and I'm just like, kids, if you're listening, don't (laughs) listen now because we're going to give personal info. What happens between dad and I? Yeah. (laughs) I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's, uh, important though. You know what I mean? Like, um, I ha- I wrote, wrote about this on LinkedIn and, and we'll wrap up here in just a minute. I don't want to take all, all of your time. You've been more than generous with it, but I re I, I wrote on LinkedIn. I was like, uh, cause sometimes I'll like, I'll go to work or I'll be in like an interview or something, or I'll be at a networking event and somebody random. I mean, it's really cool, but it's also like they're at a business networking event or like my work. Be like, hey, I I listened to your podcast before, and I'm like, ah, this is gonna go really good or really bad. Yep. (laughs) This is gonna be this is gonna be like I liked it or you shouldn't be here. When people find out about mine, I have the same reaction. I was like, or they ask if they can listen after they find out about it, and I was like, I mean, if you look at me differently after you listen that's on you. That was your choice to list it. Like, cause I do give some personal stories in that sure, not sure. so much anymore. Um, but yeah, podcast learnings, gotta just, love it. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, chat yeah. offline, but <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, what was the website they can catch you at again? Saltysexcast.com. Okay. Or if you're interested in my wellness coaching, that is balance your wellness today.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Mariah. Thank you. Really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Stay sexy.